Hello everybody and welcome to Raise Your Opinion X. Here, no one is right and no one is wrong. You matter because quite simply, you are matter. I am Ofense, your host, and I am here with a lovely guest, Funolo. How are you today? I'm fantastic, Nizal. <sighs> I'm good, I'm good, <laughs> I'm good. Um, just so that we can get to know you a little bit better, Bonolo. Um, where are you from? Where are you now? And where do you see yourself going? Well, that is such a difficult question in the sense that it has two parts, like the figurative and the literal, right? Mm -hmm. um, but I think both of them can interconnect so beautifully to actually tell my own story. Um, Bonolo is just typical Gatti girl, grew up in a small township called Hamansgrau. Okay. And that's because of Pretoria. Mm -hmm. And I think that kind of shaped living between the two worlds, because I was always the kid who lived between like, you know, your township and your suburb, whatever, I think kind of shaped my perspective and my consciousness around inequality, and then shaped a lot of my passions and a lot of the stuff that I engage in. Mm -hmm. um, so yes, I think Bonolo started off there, but where Bonolo is right now, um, life looks completely different. I'm a first year student okay. at Wits University. Mm -hmm. I'm currently doing my LLB, um, hoping to finish and um, be a pupil and get into like advocacy. But long term, honestly, just working on policy related things related to like children's rights. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, like anything related to like youth development, education. Yeah. Yeah, basically working in that space, doing something collaborating with like UNICEF hopefully mm -hmm. to basically set up like almost like a youth hub, a youth innovation hub that kind of allows young people to basically have not only consult on education issues mm -hmm. which are relevant and pertinent to them at that point in their lives, mm -hmm. but like they could just relate better, you mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So yeah, I think that's pretty much like what long term looks like, definitely setting that up and giving young people opportunities, you know, I think redefining the African narrative in terms of education, mm -hmm. really consciously thinking about what it means to decolonize the education system, mm -hmm. what it consciously means to teach kids ethical leadership, because I think that's pertinent to where the African continent is going, really teaching kids um, the fundamentals of entrepreneurship and really stimulating an education system that doesn't restrict kids or confine them in any sort of way that, that fully allows them to grow. If you're creative, if you're an entrepreneur, if you're the academic, you thrive in such an education system. I think breaking down the mold of what we know good education to be, mm. you know, mm. like where your good education is your your typical all-boys school, your typical all-girls school, and really making it African. Because mm. I think a lot of what those schools do is they restrict kids from entering those spaces as mm. themselves. Mm. You, know, you have to leave parts of your identities if mm. offense is, mm. you know, a, a pure, like, Zulu man, like, mm -hmm. leave your Zuluness at the door mm -hmm. and then come in and assimilate to this white, assimilate to whiteness. Mm. And then when you leave at the end, pick up your culture at the door and then go home and, you know, try and understand your blackness there. Mm -hmm. So I think an education system that fully allows kids to understand who they are and to fully be themselves in those spaces. And I think only then, I think what I always say is, it's pertinent to understand who you are in the conversation. And I think kids can't understand who they are and they can't contribute effectively to, con to conversation because they don't understand who they are yeah. simply because they've been restricted from tapping into parts of themselves mm -hmm. because of these education systems. Mm -hmm. So I really think, yeah, that's really what I want, want to work on. Just mm -hmm. cross-board on the African continent. Like, I mm -hmm. want to fully understand and do research and adapt systems and programs for mm -hmm. kids that bridge the the technological divide just mm. as we've seen now with like the pandemic but mm. asking pertinent questions like how is it possible that a country like Zimbabwe in all its like array of chaos is able to 
have an education system that's so sustainable and so productive in producing academics that can be effective in society. Mm. You know, we see how a lot of these, like Zimbabweans, for instance, will come into South Africa and dominate certain industries mm. or start careers from nowhere, mm. you know. Um, so I think that's for me trying to understand how educational systems like that are able to progressively work and still be affordable for the everyday person, mm. you know, whereas mm. in South mm. Africa to get that access of education mm. or to get access to that kind of education, it's so much money, you know, and education is monetized. So for me, long term is really that's my long-term focus to focus on education that holistically builds the child as a whole mm. you know because i think africa with its growing youth population is it's we really because we have such a great youth population mm. we're at a point where the youth will determine the trajectory of what africa looks like 10 20 years from now mm. and i think that's mm. really what i want to focus on long term and just in a lot of the work that i've been involved in currently and just in my previous life like i like we we're saying earlier like i think our our passions and our purpose have always left trails of themselves yeah. you know, throughout the course of our life and i think it, it hasn't been something that just randomly started where i woke up and i was like <laughs> i love education you know it just started with the random two like grade two who was so conscious of like inequality and wanted to be a teacher for instance yes and then it goes on to the kid who you know starts like tutoring programs at like rural schools and you know like being able to give back and mobilize young people like yes collaborate resources to actually help these kids to actually like get through matric and stuff like that and just everything really to like have fundraisers that help kids to pay for like their varsity um, applications and be able to help them in that process so I think for me it's just been a chill of my life and something that I wish to continue into the near future you know a lot about a lot a lot of what I'm getting like about like based on what you said is you also want to join into the whole movement of decolonizing the education yes. system as well yes. yeah that's 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 beautiful so you're a big person on the youth right and the, and the youth generation right what is what are some of the challenges uh, the changes excuse me the changes that you believe the youth is going to bring into the world like you said most of the youth most most of africa's population is youth what are some of the changes that you think, as a youth, we have to bring? What, what, what do we bring to the table, per se? Yo, I think before we ask what we bring to the table, mm -hmm. I think we need to... I think it's a question that I've always been asking myself, right? Mm -hmm. And one of my friends answered it so beautifully, but the question is, before we talk about young people changing stuff, are we talking about young people that are ready to change stuff? Mm, you know what I'm saying? Because mm, I think mm. we're in a generation of young people where a certain group is like, my, my aunt was like, yes, we are, because I'm ready to lead. Because mm. I asked, are, are young people ready to lead? Are young people ready to change and change the trajectory and change the narrative of the African continent? Mm. And he was like, the fact that I'm here, Abdullah, is because I want to, because I, like, I am already doing it. You know what I'm saying? And for me, it was just one of those things where before we can talk about like what i don't even think we can understand the capacity of young people and that's the power of just an education system is that even the one that we have right now doesn't understand the potential that young people can bring to the continent mm. or contribute to society as a whole mm -hmm. i don't even think young people themselves no. understand mm. what they can bring to the table mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. so for me personally it's young people in in most our lives and i think it's not just young people i think people as a whole throughout the trajectory of our whole lives we scratch the surface of our own potential because 
of our perceptions of potential or poten like our, our perceptions of success as a whole. Yeah. So I think for me, generally, with young people, it's, we haven't even understood what it means to change the African continent. Mm, you know what I'm saying? Mm. But I think having conversations like this and putting ourselves in spaces that allow us to expand our perceptions of the world and how we view it and our lived experiences, combining all of that and our expertise. And I think there's so much, you know, like you ask somebody like 20 years ago, did you think like there'd be no use for encyclopedias because there'd be Google? Mm. They'd say no. Why? Because they too never understood or could, un or could grapple with what they could change. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Mm. But I think we need to, in saying that, I think we need a generation of young people who are just tired, are just tired of how things are. You know, are tired of corruption, are tired of mediocre leadership, are tired of a mediocre education system. And I think because, going back to my example about Google, mm. somebody got tired of reading through, you know, volumes and volumes of encyclopedias, mm. you know, and from that it was like, maybe we can do this, mm. you know. So I think we need, to, we need to have a generation of young people who just, who are just tired, they're like, <laughs> screw it, like, yeah. we are literally tired. just tired. And mm. from that, I think, comes a lot of innovation and a lot of growth and a lot of expanding and networking, getting to know what lies behind just the confines of what you think, the mm. confines of your own background and where you grew up and mm. putting yourself in different spaces. I think that's so pivotal to shaping our perspectives of ourselves mm -hmm. and more, more importantly, shaping our perspectives of what we think we can contribute and change. Okay. Okay. All right. So why do you think I mean, I mean, I mean, you said it a lot. But why do you think it's it's so important for us to empower ourselves? And and like 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 you said, there are those who are ready, and then there are those who aren't. So maybe speaking to those who aren't ready, why do you think it's so important that they empower themselves? Yo, <laughs> challenging. Challenging question because <laughs> I think it's one of those things where, in as much as we can say young people need to empower themselves. Mm. It's like telling people, young people go start businesses. They don't even know what is, you know, like the basics. You know, like starting a business isn't just what you're reading your business textbook about. You know, drawing up a business plan. SWOT you know analysis. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, I mean, yeah. that to a certain extent could help you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm. But the basics, you know, mm. the basics of networking. How do I get into a space of entrepreneurs mm. and be able to like get context for whatever whatever I'm doing? Mm, mm, the mm. basics of you registering your business doesn't mean that you have a business, you mm. know what I'm saying? Mm. Like, what does it mean to pick your business up from the ground from exactly. nothing? Exactly, You know what I'm saying? Like, what does it... So for me, like, I feel like it's one of those things where, yo, no, it's such a bad question, but really, like, we need to go just beyond... I don't know, like, I don't know how to say it. Like, I'm really just trying to find the English word for it. Mm -hmm. and you don't have to speak English. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know, but it's one of those things where I feel like we need to we need to grow beyond just wait, repeat your question again. Because I feel like I I have it. Why do you think question. it's important okay. for us to empower ourselves? ourselves? Yes, this is where I was going with that point is in as much as we can tell young people to empower themselves, there's a certain limit that we can empower ourselves at, you know what yes, I'm saying? Yes. It's like Firstly, do young people know what it is to be empowered? Do they think they need to be empowered? You know what I'm saying? When you're at a place where this is where the end goal is, you know, like, it's, I'm going to get a typical job and whatever, whatever, whatever. When mm -hmm. I have a car and I have a house and I have a beautiful family, that's, you know then what I'm, I'm saying? Empowered, yeah. do, do you think those people perceive a, a need to be empowered? 
mm. you know what I'm saying? Mm. So I think mm. that goes, that taps into this whole thing of the power of knowledge and information. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like I always say, like, as young people, let's never be distorted to think that on social media, that's the entire South Africa. <laughs> that's a portion of South Africa. Like there's, there's an entire South Africa that probably doesn't know what, know about what you're doing or your perspectives of the world or, you know what I'm saying? Mm. Like so many people don't have access to that kind of information. That's mm. why you still go to like, you know, I don't know, like a township or like Kukazi or wherever. And the minute a nice car drives by, it's, you know, kids turn their heads and it's like, that begins to show you mm. how narrow-minded the, the perception is. Mm-hmm. And from that age, you really see how the perception of success as a whole mm. is always these things that we never see and these things that we idolize. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Mm. But success never really looks like somebody who's actually truly laying down their life for mm-hmm. somebody else. Meaning, somebody's doing something that they're passionate about. Mm. Somebody's in the entrepreneurship space and shows young people, like, this is what business looks like. Mm-hmm. You know? Somebody says, like, you really don't have to be good at school. That's perfectly okay. Mm. You know? Mm. You can play sports, mm. you can paint, you can be an artist, you mm. can get creative, you can sing, you can act, you can, you know what I'm saying? Mm. So I think mm. for me, it's it creating information where people, creating information and allowing people that platform to see beyond what lies mm-hmm. and then deciding for themselves, do I, beyond this point, do I need to be empowered? And I think even access to information in and of itself empowers people, mm. you know what I'm saying? So I think, but overall, I think it's so important in having all of that. So once you have all of that information and you realize where you are. Yeah. I think it's so important. For me, I always believe in, like people always ask me, you know, like, once you get into like all these things, whatever, whatever, like what's the one thing that you look by? Like I always say, you can't heal the world from a broken place. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Mm. We have a dying world and the world is as it is because we have such broken people. Mm-hmm. And I think young people need to get to a point where we're whole and we're healed within ourselves mm-hmm. before we start outpouring into society. And I think mm-hmm. that's the greatest empowerment that you can do for yourself is, mm-hmm. Empower yourself to grow within yourself. Mm-hmm. Develop yourself. Be confident within yourself. Mm-hmm. Be whole within yourself. Deal with whatever you need to deal with. And I mean, we see how beautiful organizations and you know, companies and businesses are bred out of young people who fully understand themselves, mm-hmm. who look at their stories and are like, I was maybe sexually assaulted. And because of that, I want to create a community of women who come together mm-hmm. and are able to support each other through that. Mm-hmm. Or my experience growing up was you know, like, I don't know, for instance, food was, even with the little food that we had at my household, I was able to put together meals, or I watched my mother put together meals, mm-hmm. and because of that, you know, like, I want to, like, start, like, a catering business, or people who, the one lady who started, like, a book business, and she was like, I was out to change the narrative of black women in books, and, you know, the ones who go, and the one who's always, like, shouting at the maki next door, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, it's understanding who we are in the zone, I think that's so pertinent to the contributions that we can make, you know? Like people I was reading about, a lady started like an ice cream business and she was like, for her ice cream was that like, once in Chris- on Christmas day you have ice cream and that's like a once in a year confectionery, but it was like this thing that you wait for the entire year. And from that, because she understood maybe from like a point of like lack, but this idealization of like ice cream as this, <laughs> you know, like crown jewel, mm-hmm. she used that experience and empowered herself to say, you know what, I want to, not only make it something that I have every single day, yeah. but I mean something yeah. that I can make other young people experience in their lifetime mm. every single day, you know what I'm saying? Mm. So it's like, I think the greatest empowering is knowing who you are in the conversation. Mm. Knowing, and that comes from knowing yourself. Empower yourself in the sense of before you get into anything, you start a new business, you start a new conversation, you start a mm. new project, you know who you are. Mm. You know who you are. And I always say, knowing who you are adds more value than anything else. Like, 
if you've watched a lot of companies right now like and businesses when they're hiring they're going to ask you they ask questions like tell us more about yourself mm. why because they understand that value and principle is more important than the amount of intellect the amount of knowledge mm. because they you need to align with their value system you need mm. to align with where they're going in their vision mm. you know what i'm saying mm. Mm. so i think that goes with understanding who you are mm. and once you can get that pivotal question once you can get through that first question in any interview mm. who are you mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. or tell us more about yourself mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. then they can see this person can or can't add value on the basis of what we believe in mm. you know so yeah okay yeah man that was that was I mean, it's a lot to think about, and I like, I like, I like how you, you know, you, you reinforce the idea of kind of accepting the fact that it's not going to look the same. Being empowered or being successful, some some person, some other person might find success in painting, and some might find success in making music. And yeah, and it's very important that we. And even when you find the success in those different things, mm. the success is going to look the same. You know what I'm saying? Mm, mm. Your success might be, you know, you're like top billboard 100 whatever mm. you know or you're winning a summer or whatever mm. summer's just gonna make music that heals one person so now let's say like we need to believe in the power of the one mm. you know what i'm saying mm. like in whatever i do i think like one of my friends i remember we we're doing like we we're tutoring at the school and she came back and she was like guys like why do i feel like we're wasting our time <laughs> and i said if one person if one kid walks out of there and passes that exam, we've done our job. Because one person is one less family that has to worry about like a kid doing well or whatever. Mm. You know, that's one kid who's going to be exposed to a whole new world mm. and is going to come back and share his perfect with mm. a family or change the narrative in their, in their family trajectory, you know what I'm saying? Mm. So for me, it's the power of the one. We never like, I don't think we should ever underestimate it. Like it's so cliche, but I think the one. we should never and un- the one, the power of the one. And I think that's something that I truly live by. That okay. one person matters, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, like I think success looks so different. Like it's so different. Like you were not the same. You exactly. Were not the same. Everything is unique. Jupiter is not the same as the moon. Yeah. All right. Um. So. We spoke a lot about the education system, right? If if you if you had say the the quote unquote power, or you were in the position to make intensified changes, what what are those changes that you would make? Yo. I think when you look at education systems like um, like Finland, mm. they built to be so progressive and so effective because people made a simple decision mm-hmm. that in the, everything else can fail, but we're going to firstly invest mm-hmm. in our education system and we're going to make it equal and we're going to make it quality. Meaning whether you are from, I don't know parts of Finland, but I'm just going to use parts of South Africa. So whether you are from rural KZN, or you're in Joburg, or you know, you're in Bumalanga, or you're in a small little village, Kopan Kopo, you know what I'm saying? Like, we're getting the same kind of education, mm. right? Mm. And they understood the power of that has to even out the playing field across board. Because when you're applying, a kid from Girls High can't compete right now. A kid from Girls High can't, can't compete with a kid from, you know, 
a township school not because of intellectual capacity trust me half of these kids are intelligent they're brilliant i've met some of the smartest people mm. in those environments but mm. it's like when i put my cv they forward mm, you were head girl at girls high you were you know you used to play netball sport you were you know you are i don't know you were on your top team, whatever and it's like because those things exist mm. first and foremost mm. you know what i'm saying they don't exist at your secondary school this kid came out with like seven distinctions mm. you know you could have rolled out maybe with two with one with none mm. right mm. and you still got you still can't compete why also because we don't even realize the importance of diversity and how it changes our perspective mm. the fact that you're in a multiracial school mm. has already exposed you to a lot of culture shock mm. you know what i'm saying mm. like that exposure to so i think for me if i had to make gruesome gruesome changes it would be Ima, let's let's pause everything honestly <laughs> and let's come to a point where firstly we decide as a country because it's not just the government decision yeah you know yeah it needs to be a societal de- decision away your petrus mothers who aren't you know who aren't afraid of like paying 150k for the kids to go to hilton boys high mm. are like questioning why they're paying 150 Mm. you know what i'm saying mm. where mm. they questioning why they paying for an education system and why that is monetized in the first place mm. you know what i'm saying mm. and as asking pivotal questions like okay if for instance in basic education if we're going to say schools are all the same mm. what does it look like for the full functioning of schools like your boys high that have like i don't know how many cricket fields and whatever <laughs> You know mm, what I'm saying? Mm. Who bring in additional stuff? Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like mm. who have? I mean, all these fees and like the pay, the reason why these things are in place mm. is to uphold something. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Mm. So it's either for the additional teachers, it's either for the proper facilities. So I think it's sitting down and asking the really pertinent questions. And once we figured that out mm. about why, what, what needs to be put in place in terms of, I don't know, like if we're taking these things away and we're taking fees and whatever whatever mm. what needs to be put in place what's the responsibility then to everyday south africans in terms of their taxes mm. how are we going to make sure that you know your schools that would like you know considered exceptionally good on just going to like drop in quality and whatever mm. and then after answering and laying down and critically thinking of the way forward i think then going out and seeing how is how are countries that have fully figured out education systems that are brilliant mm. doing it you know what I'm saying? Mm. We're talk, constantly talking about 4IR and like you know, involving 4IR in education. Mm. But have we ever stopped to think, okay, how is China doing it? Mm. How is whatever doing it? How mm. is Finland's education system so good? Mm. You know, yeah, how Norway. is Zimbabwe getting it right? Mm, they're also getting it right, yeah. And then come together and be like, okay, we see how they're getting it right. And I think this is where a lot of what I've seen becomes the era is after we go out and we know so we've asked the pertinent questions we've addressed what we figured out what we need to address yeah meaning how are things going to be covered how are we planning to actually structure this education system whether it be curriculum what are we implementing whatever mm-hmm. and we've outsourced and seen okay what happens mm-hmm. the biggest problem is we outsource knowledge and then we copy and paste it and mm, it doesn't work it doesn't at all because china doesn't feature demographics that are the demographics of people mm. the geospatial divide in south africa doesn't speak to the technological divide everything mm. you know what i'm saying so it's like okay taking that model analyzing that model relevant to what's currently happening in our country and then taking it from there and being like firstly south africans this is the idea and i think partnering up with south africans in such a way that from the onset south africans are part of writing their own stories from history from you know curricula like what is relevant for young south africans today mm. like is life orientation syllabus still relevant for ordinary like what do you need to know as a first year student getting into varsity you know they don't like, have that but partnering up with young people partnering up with society to write 
what we want to learn, mm. right? And knowing what's relevant to where the country's going, like seeing education from the perspective of not just where we are right now and what's needed now, yeah. but 10, 15 years from now, what does Africa need? Mm. What does Africa need? Are some careers, are some things still relevant? Mm. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Can we implement models? Can we implement subjects that teach kids about the, like, the power of social media and utilizing it effectively? Yeah. You know, like really completely rethinking it and taking that and from, from working with that, partnering up with South Africans, putting money to it, and really, really scrapping the whole thing and rebuilding it. It would take years though, eh? You would sit on that for years. But it's a lifetime commitment that it I is. think South Africans aren't willing to wait. Like, people aren't willing to make in general. Mm. Like, we're such an instant generation that like, we want things right now. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, quickly the... protest and then it should be fixed. Exactly. <laughs> when the picket signs go down, everything, you know, everything yeah. diffuses. And yeah. so that's my chat is. That's what I always say, like, for me, it's a, life, it's a lifetime commitment. Mm. And I'm planning to see it in my, in my generation, hopefully when I'm, like, 80, maybe, you know? Maybe. But it's one of those things where until we have a generation that's, like, I might not even see it in my lifetime, but I believe in, like, it materializing exactly. at some point for, for the continent, for the growth of the continent. And I think once we get to that perspective, then... Beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> then beautiful. Okay, so... This is our last question, right, for you. If you had the youth of, um, the youth of every ear, if you had the ear of every youth member under the age of 28, right? Okay. You say, give, you give him a speech. What are some of the pointers that you would, you know, that you'd like to say to them? All of them, the, from, the, from the empowered to the unempowered, just all of them, all of us. Unprepared speech. I just threw you up on stage. I think it goes back to what I was saying about like knowing ourselves, right? Mm -hmm. Is I read a book and it talks about the power of like working in your sweet your sweet spot. Okay. Right. So for me, I think I'm a firm driver of people doing. What they passionate, what they passionate about, right? And it goes back to what I was saying about this book. And in this book, he talks about your sweet spot, playing in your sweet spot. And he says, if you are at a, if when I'm not trying, at singing, low, <laughs> low. But <laughs> I'm pathetic. But anyway, yeah. like if for instance, I don't know, at, I don't know, at helping people, for instance. Yes. Without even trying. Yes. Just me being. We can wake up and say, well, no, no, let's organize whatever, whatever. And best believe, like, I can do it without even trying, without a degree, without knowledge, without practice, without being informed, without even trying. Mm -hmm. I'm at a five. You know, I have a friend who, we always joke about it, like, a definite entrepreneur, like, a definite, definite entrepreneur. We started selling stuff in high school together, like, we've been doing businesses together, like, and he always says, and I always say, like, we always make this joke of, if I gave you something to sell right now and I give you 10 minutes, best believe he would have sold it. Best believe he would have sold it, right? Yeah, yeah. And that shows the power of how when he's not even trying, oh. he's at a five, a three, Yeah. right? Yeah. And now give him the practice, give him, capacitate him with the knowledge, capacitate him with the resources, capacitate him with time to grow and to gain in wisdom and experience. 
what are you expecting? He's performing at a world class band. Now he's no longer just from a three, a four. Mm-hmm. He's at a ten, a mm-hmm. nine. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think that for me is so powerful in the sense that a lot of young people are in spaces where when you're not trying, you're a two. Mm. Now you want to compete after putting in the effort and then you're surprised when five, you ten years from now when you know, you're stuck in a career job, like a dead-end job where, mm. you know, you're doing it, but I mean, there's either like lack of passion, lack of lack of growth also, mm. you know, because when, when you started at your two, other kids were starting at a four, mm. you know, other kids were starting at a five. Mm. Now, when you're putting in the effort, the work, you, you still can't compete in a world class, that, mm. you know, you still can't level up to a five, you can't, you still can't level up to a ten, a nine, mm. you know what I'm saying? Mm. Now you're rolling at your seven, and then you're like, What's happening? Like, what am I doing wrong? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But the power lies in understanding where your soft spot is at mm-hmm. and playing on that soft spot. Mm. Once you play on that soft spot, mm. I think we, there's value that each of us can add. And that soft spot comes from understanding the trails that I was talking about. Yeah. Taking time to reflect and being like, okay, in the trail of my journey, what has been the one consistent thing that every single time I've done it, like, I just walk into a space and people will tell me to do this and I can just do it. Like, I can just, just do it. And I love doing it. Mm. And once we at that place, then we're going to see the establishment of careers that have never been done. You know, like people like Bumi Shailin Damati, like people who, who understood the power of playing in your sweet spot. Innovators. You know? Like they were like, mm. I can do makeup. Mm. But how about, you know? Mm. And now you give them, you capacitate them with resources of like YouTube and platforms like Instagram and you know, you give them, you know, you give them the, the makeup deals and whatever and now you see them performing at a world-class standard. And I think if young people could understand the value that they had to add in their own lives and understand their purpose and play in that purpose and I, I think the purpose lies in the sweet spot. Mm. Play in that sweet spot. Then we have a, a we have a world of innovators and revolutionaries who are starting their own things, who are starting brands, businesses, companies, who are civil servants, who are leaders, mm. who are creatives that are so intentional in bringing about change. So that's where really, that's really what I would say to young people. So we can build Wakanda. We really can. We really can. <laughs> we really can. Yeah. We definitely, definitely yeah. can. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much for joining us today on our show. Uh, it was a pleasure. It was a pleasure. It was and absolutely my pleasure. Right. Uh, thank you guys for tuning in. Um, we will see you guys on our next episode on Raise Your Opinion X. Peace. Well done. <laughs>